Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Wake the Bear Radio. We have an amazing show tonight. Yes, we, are we do. We're so excited. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a monumental night. It's been a monumental week for freedom, and I we want to just celebrate the reality that uh, Roe v. Wade was turned uh, turned over. There was a major win for the Second Amendment in New York. Now you have uh, the right to carry and to be, receive a a uh, must issue, or rather than a may issue, uh, concealed carry permit. What the other? What's the other ones? We got. Um, uh, some crazy good things going on. Coach Kennedy. Coach Kennedy is yeah, no longer. Coach Kennedy. Yeah, he, he he was right. He didn't get. Uh, he got fired for just saying a prayer at the 50-yard line. I don't know. Maybe the people who did this did, did never read the Constitution of the United States and the First Amendment. Yeah, and he was off duty when it, when he got fired. It was after the game, and he was in discretionary time for his own his own doing. And it was just something that he wanted to to thank God for the victory, and it was his tradition. So, wow, these, wow. Are, these are exciting times. We do need words of hope, and so we just want to celebrate. Yes. It's not a small thing. Um, so yep. many of us have been praying for so many years uh, for the overturn. And, and, uh, yeah, just... let's talk more about that. Roe v. Wade, 49 years. The, yeah. the, I mean, even uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that that uh, issue was weak and it shouldn't have been made. And she's total, pr totally pro-abortion, and she said that's not a good, wasn't a good law. The, the, the role of the judiciary, the SCOTUS, is to tell us which laws are constitutional and not constitutional, and there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have the right to kill a child. So. Yeah, and for some reason... It's also reason, based on a lie. I mean, yeah. that, you know, that uh, she was ga uh, gang-raped, and uh, there was some footage there that was released on Q this week yeah. and uh, talking about that old footage and she admitted that she says, you know, I'm a drug addict and that that didn't happen. Uh, I wasn't gang raped, um, you know, so the whole thing was built on a false narrative. False narrative. And, and, and it's basically, and she's come out now and said, I should not have done that, what I did. And it, it you know, has repented for it. Yeah. Yes. So that yeah. was, then her name is, I can't remember her name, but that's the, the person called Roe. Yeah. Okay, we have our caller on tonight, and we are excited tonight on Wake the Bear Radio uh, to be hosting Jake Lang. He's going to be coming on in just a second. Jake Lang is a uh, J6 political prisoner. He's been held um, for, as a political prisoner for 17 months. Um, he was 27 when we went in. Now he's 28 years old. Um, 550 days, over 550 days without bail. Um, and he is going to be calling in right as we speak from a federal prison in D.C. to share his story of what happened on January 6th. There's a lot of lies out there, a lot of propaganda. He's going to give us the truth. He's going to give us his story. This guy is a patriot. He loves the Lord. He's a Christian. He's a spirit-filled believer. And God is using him in the prison. And I believe God is using him to wake people up to the truth of what has happened on J January 6th. There's so much lies that are out there. And so he's calling in. Jake, can you hear us? Yes, brother. How are we doing tonight? God bless. God bless you, Jake. My name is Brandon Johnson. I'm a, a pastor here in Santa Cruz County. We have a radio show called Wake the Bear, and you are on it. And thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, and there's two other co-hosts. I'm Chris Hurst, and I'm a, um, a lifelong patriot, and we have Ron Powers with us, too. So we are so excited. Thank you for taking our call. Yeah. Uh, oh, God bless. It's my, it's my privilege to be on with you guys. And 
to spread a little bit of a patriot uh, patriotic light to uh, California. <laughs> Amen. Hey, Thank Jake, um, we are so glad you're on here. We, we've been uh, wanting to talk to you, and we're so glad you called in. Just tell us, what was the, I mean, we know that you came to the J6. You weren't, no, you know, nobody was really armed. Uh, you, what was your intention from coming, coming to January 6th and from the very beginning? I mean, you know, we were called by our president, uh, Donald Trump, to come and to support, um, you know, this election fraud uh, nonsense and to support him in his fight against, um, you know, the, the, the fraudulent election that was stolen by Joe Biden and yep. the radicalized Democrats. So we were there peacefully protesting, doing what Americans do best, exercising our God-given rights using our, our voices to redress our grievances on the steps of the Capitol. And um, it turned out to be just a bloody affair where the Capitol Police, led by Nancy Pelosi, her personalized little, uh, you know, attack, attack dogs, they set out on us and they ambushed us and they murdered four people that day on the steps of our own Capitol. And, you know, this is, it's one thing to hear about this stuff, but it's a totally another thing to see it with your own eyes. And so we put together a breaking, uh, like a groundbreaking documentary on j6truth.org. Tell your audience they need to go to this website. We've had millions of views on this um, documentary already. It was released about a month ago, a little less, and it's been taking the country by storm, j6truth.org. See for yourself the truth. Yeah, I watched the film uh, yesterday. It was fantastic. There was footage there that, uh, to be honest, I've never seen, and I know most people have not seen. And it's and and there's you know, uh, clearly there were feds on the ground. There were people that were there to as provocateurs to to incite uh, people. There, it, this was like a trap. It was like a trap, man. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate um, the polarization that we see that. You know, there's like two different strains in America now. I don't even count them as Republican and Democrat anymore. I count it as, you know, patriots and freedom fighters versus tyrants. And, you know, that day we were peacefully protesting tyranny. Um, you know, if you steal an election from a free people and you uh, put in a despotic regime like Joe Biden, they were gun grabbers, you know, they're, they're, they're tyrants. And they can't be allowed to just come in to make a mockery of American elections and uh, install such a, a wicked person as our leader. God would God would not be behind any of the things that the Democrats are up to right now. Yeah, they really made it poss impossible to have a balanced uh, debate on things because they're so against everything that God stands for. Yeah, um, so I have a question for you. You know, what are the charges against you? What, why? I mean, you've, you've been held there for 17 months. Uh, I mean, what happened to the right to a speedy trial? What is going on? Our Constitution is crumbling. I mean, in, in the midst of this um, battle for freedom that I'm currently in, the country's in a greater battle for freedom. And so, you know, when you, when you go to war, spiritual war, there are casualties in spiritual war. We, we lost four Americans that day, uh, unarmed, uh, two unarmed women, two unarmed men. And um, th there would have been a lot more deaths that day if it wasn't for brave patriots defending um, each other's lives that day, defending their country, defending their constitution. And so I got caught up in the middle of um, protecting myself and, and uh, women and the unarmed um, veterans and elderly people around me. And so I, I got all kinds of uh, allegations of assault on police officers for, you know, basically standing up and standing strong for my country against tyrants. You know, now I'm being branded as a 
domestic terrorists, all these, I mean, wild, you know, terminology that they're using to try to hide the fact that, you know, our founding fathers would have been Gen Sixers. They were brave patriots who stood up against tyranny, and we were there as brave patriots unarmed. And all of us are being, you know, used as uh, this fodder for the political uh, cannons that they're shooting at the American people. They just want to take everyone's liberty, and we're the only thing standing in their way. Yeah, they were firing flash bombs right into the crowds with indiscriminately and and targeting women and elderly. And you you guys saw that, and you were like, "Hey, we gotta we gotta protect these people, the weak among us." Yeah, precisely right. I mean, you know, there's no greater love that a you know a man has to lay down his life for a friend. And so, you know, the I, I found it you know expedient for myself to get in between the the vicious, you know, police officers that are, you know, they're masquerading as police officers. Real police officers protect human life. They obey their oath to the Constitution, you know, and these police officers that they were out for blood to take innocent blood, and they murdered a young woman, 34-year-old Roseanne Boylan from Georgia, in my arms, and you'll see that in the documentary. And I'm not raised to be a coward. I'm not going to turn and tuck tail and then more people are going to die like that. I took up defense, and I, I took up a defensive position to make sure that no other people died so ruthlessly at the hands of the Capitol Police. Yeah, I, w I saw the footage. They were just beating people, just indiscriminately just beating them over and over and over again. Um, I, ca I can't believe that. that. That's the footage that America needs to see. I'm so glad you put together this film, J6Truth.org. Um, Everybody needs to go and watch this film. It will blow your mind. In fact, we're going to be showing this film at my church next Wednesday. Um, not this Wednesday, but coming Wednesday. And we're going to have a discussion about it, what is actually going on. We are seeing a communist a coup of our government right now going on. And we need to we need to pray, and we need to speak out. And we need to you know, peaceably assemble and give our redress to our, our our officials. And so, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just get this out there. So Jake, go ahead and and give a little rundown of. Uh, so you came into town. You're from New York, is that right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a upstate New Yorker, but I've been a city slicker for <laughs> seven or eight years. <laughs> so you came down to Washington. Did you listen to Trump's speech, or, or were you you were meeting with friends? You were doing some networking with with other patriots, and so kind of tell us how the day played out for you, because there was an atmosphere as uh, I, we were watching uh, on the West Coast. We were watching. It was doggone cold there, wasn't it? Uh, we were watching, and there was a, a celebratory, but also a a lot of people just very, very cold, um, but they were expecting of something. So tell us a little bit about what happened before um, before the conflict. Yeah, so thank you for that question. Um, I came down from New York, uh, answered the call to support our president. Um, we went down, we're watching this speech, and he's unraveling all of these egregious violations of our election laws in front of our very eyes, saying that, you know, this place was um, all that the mail-in ballots were dumped in the middle of the night. And I witnessed that with my own eyes. I went to bed that night thinking Trump had it sewed up, and then I woke up in the morning to a stolen election. And so, um, you know, I went down. The atmosphere, I have to tell you, the Holy Spirit was really moving on that crowd. It was uh, it was such a, a brilliant display of American patriotism and a love for what is good and true and righteous and holy. And there were, I mean, so many different pastors and evangelists um, 
preaching to the crowds, and it was a really like a, a majority Christian group of people that um, were there to support the work that Trump's done for righteousness in this country. And so we marched down to the Capitol after he's done with his speech, which was full of so much um, truth as far as the, the, the election being stolen. And we're down there, we're peacefully protesting, and, you know, these police just incited us and, and just, uh, I mean, the tear gas canisters, the flash grenades, the, the rubber bullets, the um, pepper spray balls, like they, they have paintball guns with pepper, pepper spray bullets in them, and they're just blasting away and hitting people in the face. I mean, people have, like, holes in their face, bloody, bloody mess everywhere, and... You know, I'm, I'm not a coward, and I'm not going to turn and run away from uh, Americans being brutalized by uh, tyr a tyrannical regime. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to defend my country. I'm going to defend what uh, the Constitution says we have a right to stand on. And so I stood and I defended my country. And so many brave Americans stood shoulder to shoulder with me, unarmed, you know, and uh, not on the offensive, on the defensive. And uh, it was so tragic, the loss of life and the... The, the real the divide that we could see in our country, the good from the evil and, uh, and uh, the people who support liberty from the, ch the tyrants. Yeah, wow. Wow. That, that The trauma of just having to be in a war zone in the middle of America would be um, really difficult to watch. But did you notice any uh, infiltrators or, or embedded combatants of any kind that were stirring up the crowd other than the Capitol Police? I, you know, I have a trial coming up in January 9th, 2023, and there's a certain standard of um, evidence and beyond a reasonable doubt that the government has to bring against my charges to prove to the jury that I'm guilty of what they're alleging I am. And so I use that same standard when I look at the January 6th videos, and I'm waiting personally... I, my personal opinion is a bunch of pissed off patriots mm. who drew a line in the sand and said, this is enough is enough. You're not going to take our country with us just um, standing here watching. We're going to make a stand. We're going to stand for liberty. Um, the possibility of there being federal agents and agitators and maybe some Antifa members is high. But I haven't seen any, you know, um, people come forward, no whistleblowers from mm -hmm. the FBI or from Antifa. I haven't seen any text messages, you know, plotting or, you know, scheming this plot together. So I will go with what the, the evidence shows me as of right now, which is a bunch of pissed off patriots wow. uh, protecting their country. Wow. You, that is a very gracious statement that you just made. So you're not trying to read anybody's motives. You're waiting to see what the evidence shows. That, that shows both humility and it shows a lot of character. And I hope that the justice system will do the same for you. That's right. Oh, God, uh, Jake. Hey, Jake, this is Ron. I, I have a question, and that is, did you personally experience uh, seeing Capitol Police open the gates and let people through? I mean, I saw videos of that. Um, tell us if you've seen anything like that that day. Tons of videos. Hey, Ron, what's up? Um, thanks for that question. I think that, so there's two different, there was two different fronts to this uh, Capitol um, protest. There was the east side, where it was kind of like more like kumbaya. The, the Capitol Police were fist-bumping protesters, taking selfies with them. The doors magically opened. Um, the Capitol Police were waving people in. And then there was the West Terrace Tunnel and the West Terrace uh, side where I was at. There was more like a bloodied war zone 
um, it was it was horrific. I was in that tunnel for two or three hours, um, fighting for my life, defending people around me. Uh, there was no give whatsoever from those uh, those stormtroopers inside that tunnel. You know, we were speaking to them um, before things got physical in there, before they started launching their attack on us. Um, saying, hey, we're here in the name of the Constitution, we're your American brothers and sisters, we don't have any ought against you, you know, lay down your arms, we're not armed, you know, join us, we're here to protest peacefully, and, um, you know, God bless you guys. And they didn't want any part of that, and they started unleashing on us, you know, pepper spray and, and metal batons, and I got cracked in the head, I have a permanent scar on my head, there was bleeding all over the place, and I got shot in the foot by a rubber bullet, and shattered my foot I was on crutches and I was beaten and brutalized as well as so many people inside that tunnel for hours and um, so I didn't get to see the the, <laughs> the nice fist bumps and selfie uh, Capitol Police officers that were on one side of the uh, the Capitol I saw the the, um, the stormtroopers well wow, that's a pretty confusing oh. message to send from half of the Capitol <laughs> it's diametrically opposed so now, now the the situation is over. You flew home, didn't you? And it when did your arrest come? So I actually had two angel patriots. They saw me like um, completely run down. Like I have a shoeless outside the Capitol on the West Terrace Tunnel, um, blinded from two hours, three hours of tear gas and pepper spray, bleeding and limping, and I couldn't really walk. And they they picked me up. And um, they offered me a place to stay in their hotel room that night. Oh. I didn't have anywhere to stay. Wow. Um, they took care of me, and they drove me all the way home to New York. Wow. Um, they, they watched me. Wow. They, they, they saw me. They saw me there for hours making a stand strong, and they were, um, they were grateful for, for my efforts, and they um, had so much love in their hearts to take care of me. And <laughs> I might have died that night if I didn't get to shelter. It was pretty cold out. Yeah. Well, and you had, uh, you were, so they saw you caring for other people and they cared for you, which is obviously the American way, which is the Christ-like way. And uh, you, you saw another brother there on the floor that had his tongue hanging out of his mouth and you grabbed him too and, and helped him get to, get to medical care, right? Yeah, you saved his life. Yeah, yeah yes. Uh, God bless Philip Anderson. He's uh, a young black man, a really strong patriot brother of mine. He's shown himself to be really brave and standing up to the United States government um, since Jan 6 and doing interviews and not afraid of catching charges. You know, he, he's yet, they, they refuse to charge him because they're afraid of his story. There's some people that were so brutally beaten and almost murdered that the government doesn't want to bring charges up on them because they don't want, you know, to bring that bad testimony and that horrible, horrific uh, truth to the surface. And so, yeah, I did. Um, have the opportunity. God gave me the grace and the strength to battle through the streams of pepper spray and through the um, the dog pile of death that the Capitol Police created. And um, I got Philip Anderson up in a bear hug. He's a big boy, and he was unconscious, and he was a couple, probably 30 seconds away from meeting the same fate as Roseanne Boylan. I was able to drag him out of there and bring him down to the Patriot volunteer medics, and they resuscitated him. And um, he's alive today, and he's uh, he's still going strong, and he's got another day to serve the Lord. Oh, praise God for that. Praise God for that. Thank so you. So you and you went home, and uh, did you get a little visit from what the FBI or what, what was the process? Yeah, I mean, I went home. I um, 
I immediately, before I even got home, I started posting the videos of January 6th on my Instagram. Um, I had a large following, about 40,000 followers, and the videos were going viral. Um, started organizing men who wanted to be in a militia to stand strong uh, against the oncoming tyranny. Um, Ten days worth of, of social media posting and organizing, and the feds came in uh, like 10, 15 SUVs, fully automatic guns drawn. Um, I was on crutches limping down the street. I just took a walk to my local church because uh, I knew that I knew I had a feeling the Holy Spirit led me to go pray um, before I got locked up for this last, I mean, 18 months now. And uh, it was, um, it's been, a, it's been an amazing journey to see um, the inside of this prison system in America, how broken it is. Um, the least of these, how they've been abandoned, especially during coronavirus. There's no chaplains, there's no religious services. Um, there's no visitation, there's no uh, recreation, there's no legal library access. I mean, the Americans that have been, I mean, like me, they're being alleged of crimes. They haven't even been adjudicated. And they've been totally abandoned throughout these last two years of coronavirus. And um, to see the struggle and the pain through all these prisons, I've been to eight different prisons since I've been locked up. <laughs> and, um, wow. you know, I had the opportunity in Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary, Pennsylvania, um, to actually plant a church there. We had about 10 to 20 Christian brothers meeting every night that were not meeting before um, and doing Bible study. And, and, I, and I had opportunity to lead and to teach and to pastor the I mean, the, the most broken people on earth, you know, people, uh, gangbangers and drug dealers and uh, people, you know, that have a lot of trauma and a lot of uh, sin in their past. And God placed me there to, to do his work. And so it's been an amazing experience to struggle through this, to see God and his strength uh, through this entire process. And um, I, feel, I feel grateful to suffer for righteousness sake. It's a huge grace. So, Jake, I have a question for you. What is your um, greatest source of strength during this time when you're alone? I mean, what, what uh, practice do you do um, to be encouraged? Um, my greatest source of strength is uh, a worship workout that I do uh, <laughs> religiously. I put on K-Love, and I do 1,000 to 2,000 push-ups. And I just sweat it out, and I sing, and I cry, and I worship, and I dance. And I'm in 22-hour-a-day solitary confinement. So I've got to find ways to keep my mind sharp, my body sharp. You know, this is a prison environment. You're never really safe. Um, we've seen January Sixers, including myself, been abused by prison guards. My brother Ryan Samson was almost beaten to death in, in D.C. prison um, and in West Virginia in Warsaw prison. Um, and so you have to stay sharp. You've got to stay cognitively um, you know, on point. You have to watch your back at all times. These prison guards are not for you. Um, there's a lot of them that have demonic holds on their, on their spirit that uh, just want to be sadistic and, and see people in pain and uh, beat people who, who you know, re refuse to put on a mask or as something as small as that. They're, they're willing to, to you know, come after you. And so you have to stay strong. And, so I do these worship workouts, and I, uh, I get in such deep, deep um, relationship with God through them where he talks to me and I talk to him, and I write. After I do my workout, I write. I have these uh, Psalms of Christ that I've written, hundreds of them so far. 
And um, wow, wow. I just I, I try to stay as close as I can to God because, um, as one of my, my spiritual mentors has told me, my pastor, um, what's going to save America is not going to come out of Washington D.C. It's going to sure. come from God. Yep. That's wow. Right. Wow, that is so motivating. I just want to say I could I could feel it uh, listening to you when you were on the Flashpoint uh, a few weeks ago with Gene Bailey. I could just feel the spirit coming through you. I mean the 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 grace and the mercy that you had, and that's what impressed me so much uh, about you uh, that we we decided to pursue having you on the show because I I could just feel the Christ just flowing through you, and uh, and. I think that time with him alone, which uh, I could do a lot more of that. I, I need a lot more of that. And uh, here you are doing it. You're taking advantage of a, a horrible situation, but you're taking advantage of that time with the Lord. And, and I just believe he's going to greatly bless you. And uh, just like we've seen in the Bible with Joseph and, and others that were in prison uh, where things were returned and multiplied. Daniel? Thank you, thank you. Yes, it's all glory to God. He's given me everything to survive in here. Um, when God's all you have, you realize, you realize that's all you need. And um, through my relationship uh, with Christ to God, Godward, I have um, unlimited patience. I have unlimited strength. I can do all things that He's purposed in my life. There's no wall. There's no prison door that will not be smashed through in my life and in the Patriots' life and in all of America's who who yeah. repent and seek God, they will they will see their dreams come true. We will see liberty again in this country and, you know, he's testing our faith right now. We have to praise him in this valley as well as when we get to the mountaintop. Yeah, it's a, so amazing because you have a real testimony in that you have actually had to live. You've been tested and you're being proved uh, you really have been proved where most of us would say, I hope that I would stand up under difficult situations. I hope I would keep praising God. I, I think I would, but you have been put in the pressure chamber and you have not been found wanting. And we just want to champion yeah. that. At least now we know how to pray for you. What are some of the wins and what have been some of the hardest experiences that you've experienced in, in prison? Uh, thank you. Um, that's a great question. The winds have been ever-flowing. God gives me a new win every day. I want to focus on the winds. The, the losses, as you can imagine, um, they've been great. It's, it's mainly been uh, the devil's been attacking people in uh, my circle as far as the other patriots because I have, um, have the, the Spirit of God and the armor on me the armor that comes from a deep faith in Christ, so he's not been able to really penetrate my soul so much, but to see the desperation, the despair, um, the hurt of the, the other patriots around me, you know, they have a, a lot of them have wives and kids at home who are, you know, now away from their fathers for, um, you know, a year and a half, over a year and a half, wow. and um, to see them lose their, their houses, their trucks, wow. their businesses, their um, their entire livelihood, their their good name, you know. Proverbs tells us that all there's nothing as good as a good name, and um, to be to have them their names dragged through the mud and you know tarnished and their entire livelihoods that they've spent decades building come crumbling down around them, and to see them um, you know reach out in desperation to have God heal them and to to return them back to what they used to have. 
that's been the hardest thing for me. That's by far the hardest um, thing to watch. Good men suffer. These are really red-blooded American men. They have no, I mean, by the by and by, the majority have no criminal history. They're outstanding citizens. They've given, I mean, there was almost 50% of them are, are, are service veterans, Marines, Green Beret. Um, the, I mean, the character level, the, the character level of these men, I have yet to been matched in any group I've ever been in in my life. And to watch the devil and watch our own government turn against some of its best citizens and its, and its uh, servicemen and come after them and turn them into the monsters in the media and in the courtroom has been so disheartening for me. And, you know, there's um, a psalm that David writes that he says, uh, you know, it, I could have stood against it if I knew it was my enemy, but it was my own brother who I came into the, uh, the prayer house with, and I praised God with it turned against me, and that's what really grieved my heart, and it feels the same way for us that it's not China that's coming yeah. after us, it's not Russia, it's the own United States government that so many of us love and have served and would give our lives for this, this republic of ours, and it feels like we're being slighted ten times deeper because it's our own country and because it's our own um, system that is coming and turning against us. Wow. Wow. This is truly a spiritual battle we're in. You know, I, I'm a pastor, um, Jake, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been battling through even this last two years of um, other pastors um, kind of attacking me. I mean, they're not just verbally saying that I shouldn't be involved in politics. I, you know, it's an idol to love your country so much. It's, you should, you should only care about what Jesus thinks. You should only care about people getting saved. And, and I'm like, that, that's, that's, that seems like garbage to me. I think that Jesus didn't give us the opportunity to separate our spirituality from how we live our lives and how we, and how we, you know, and how, you know, there's no separation there. And, and what I see in you and the others is that there's, um, you live what you believe, and this is the only option Christ gave you us. You have one minute left. So I, 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 I got one minute. I got one minute left. Okay. So quick. What would you I, say to pastors and Christians out there who said that, that, that they can't love their nation and love Christ at the same time? I'd say that that's uh, ridiculous because we are men of faith and men of action. That's what the Bible calls us to be. You know, faith is dead without works, and so we need to step out and to actually get into the spiritual battle. The prayer closet is the most important place, but God's gonna move your heart to do things with your hands after you pray. To be, I mean, we are the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is, is an animated uh, being. We have to move, we have to serve. I mean, uh, in James it tells us, you know, if we see our brother without a coat we, and we walk away and we just pray for him, it's like, what good is that? And the, the same thing, if we see our brothers and sisters living in despotic tyranny and we don't stand against the forces that are, are pushing them into that grave place, then who are Thank we? Thank you for using God bless you. God bless, God bless you, Jake. You awesome. Bless. Oh, thanks. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was pretty amazing guy. Wow. Pretty amazing guy. Just that we'll recording to, uh, gives me chills. You just realize this is a man who is not free physically, but he is free in his spirit. Yes. He is free in his heart. He is free in his thoughts. Mm. Um, and I know we're, we're going to spend some time praying for him and and his friends um, wow. in, in jail before it's over. But... Um, Ron and, and Brandon, what were some of the things that struck you about Jake's conversation? 
you first, Ron. Well, uh, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm at home, by the way. I'm not in the studio. I'm <laughs> dealing with the COVID. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, I would say the discipline, the spiritual discipline that he has put himself through. I mean, doing that workout each day uh, to worship music and, and training his mind to focus in on God. You know, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about, um, you know, the joy that he has, even while he was in prison. Some of his best uh, letters and work was done while he was in prison. And I see him as a, a modern-day Paul, mm. uh, you know, as far as what he has done with his faith. And, and to me, that gives a lot of hope because there's a lot of people that have been struggling with depression. They're like, this world's crazy. I'm just tired. I, I, I can't handle this anymore. Why can't it just go back? And here's a guy that is in the fire. Right. And you could feel the joy, God's joy. And it, his joy is not dependent on his environment. It is dependent on Jesus. And he has decided, this is what, how I'm interpreting it. Mm -hmm. He has decided to make that... Uh, his source of joy and his source of strength and you could see it come out so to me I'm very encouraged by that and that stood out to me uh, how, how about you uh, you know one of the things that I got in my spirit while he was talking was that he's going to be a prison reformer yeah he is going to come out and he will come out I, um, I've listened to a few of his other interviews and one of the things uh, he says is, you know, when you're up against evil and you're speaking truth and you are releasing the light of God, you know you're going to win. You just right. don't know when. Right. And uh, he has an insider's look and he is giving people there a voice who do not have a voice. It's amazing. He's, he's in solitary for 22 hours and yet the two hours that he has, like it's eight o'clock, nine, almost nine o'clock here on the West Coast. So it's 11 something uh, on, the on the East Coast. The two hours that he has of freedom, he is leveraging for the kingdom. He is, he's working it. He's being very strategic. He's giving a voice to the voiceless. He is um, giving us, uh, so prison reform is what came to my mind that yep. he is actually helping us see um, what, what's going on on the inside, something that we, we probably would prefer not to look at. Yep. I've been in jails as a paramedic. Um, you know, I've run calls, medical calls. One of the things he says is they didn't even have the medical. He didn't not only have access to um, church services, they didn't have medical services. Wow. So, I mean, it just... Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's like crazy. a third world country. It is crazy. Yeah. And, and what do you do? I mean, those in solitary confinement, that's what you do to your your worst enemies. And he hasn't even been charged. It's a form of torture. And um, I listened to one of his um, his interviews, and he said some of the things that they're doing to him and the, the men around him is that they're trying to break them down so that they will take a plea bargain. Wow. So that so what they're trying to do is wear down, wear down. Every day it's hard, it's harder. He has lights on all 24 hours. They don't turn the light on so you can sleep like a baby at night. Yet they are blazing bright lights in your cell. He wow. doesn't have a, a, a place to sit. He doesn't have a chair and a desk. He eats off the floor. 
Uh, it, it is um, it is not uh, the Hilton Hotel. He is there in very difficult situations. He talked about um, all throughout April and May, they had broken hot water pipes uh, that were running. I guess they have like these hot water pipes. The, the cells were over 95 degrees. They were sweating Whoa. day and night. So even the dehydration, you know, you need electrolytes. I'm sure they didn't come by and say, hey, we're passing out Gatorade now because we know you guys have been sweating for a few days. They, this went on for months. They were sweating in with these these hot um, hot. Uh, temperatures. So prison reformer, yeah. I'm just going to prophesy it now. He is bringing the, he's mm. going to bring the message that not only um, is it not just that he's there, he hasn't had a voice. And he did say January 9th, 2023 is when his trial is going to be. That is a violation uh, but, of the constitution. Yes, but that, um, so that he's going to be a voice for others. Come on. Yeah, we just declare, mm -hmm. declare and decree that right now in the name of Jesus yes. that that this because of this man opening himself up to the Holy Spirit to work through him, he will overturn darkness. He will be victorious. We send angels around him right now yep. to guard him and to protect him and to protect mm -hmm. the other men that are with him. Lord, we ask that you, you would send angels that would strengthen them in their yes. inner person so they would be yes. strong in this trial. And Lord, that you would give them confidence that they will win if they don't give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. And Father, we also ask that you just pour out your spirit in that place. We just ask that you open yes. up um, a, a place where uh, it's a thin place, that, that those prisoners would look at Jake and there would be revival. Yes. There, it would be like Paul in the, the Philippian yes. jail where there is an earthquake of power that shakes the place mm. and that there is praise and worship going on, that people uh, would from the inside out be set free within those prison walls and that they would find the eternal peace in Jesus. We ask, too, that you even touch those guards, those guards that are yes. there um, that have been demonically oppressed or they are there on assignment to harass and to create situations that you bring them into a place where they will be softened in their spirit. Yes, we, we call mm -hmm. forth and ask yes. that you pour out favor over Jake and this group that he mm -hmm. has put, been, um, been become his friends, people in his circle. We just ask that you minister to their wives and their children, these patriots that have been locked up, and that you would minimize their losses of their homes, their good yes. names, their houses. They've lost their jobs. And Father, would you preserve their their, their marriages? Mm -hmm. Would you just mm -hmm. uh, put understanding and, and let the children know, my dad is a hero yes. and that, um, mm -hmm. that there is something bigger than uh, the enemy's um, agenda going on. So we ask that you release revival in, in the families and in the prisons. That's right. Yeah, we agree That's with that. Right. You know, I, I'm speaking out to people out there that are listening right now. I hope you're still listening. We just thought you just interviewed Jake uh, Lang, who's in a federal prison. We're on KSEO Radio. Um, 845, uh, um, we are, he has been in the jail for 18 months. He, um, all he did was stand there and use his right to peaceably protest, peaceably protest and to voice his grievances to his government. And he did, did not come with weapons. He did not come with violence. He came there to stand and to, to, to speak. 
and they were, they were assaulted by police. There was four people that were killed that day, the, the D.C. police, and, and the media has been lying. And you might be sick and tired of the lies, but that's part of the waking up right now is that six mega corporations control 95% of the media in this country. And you, if, you have, if you are cursing the J6ers because you think how bad they are and oh, what bad, how bad they must have been, you need to stop cursing and bless. And you, need to, and you need to know all the information before you start making judgments because what would you be like if you were in that situation and you were in jail 20, year, 20 hours a day and you, all you did was stand there and help people and help resuscitate a young man who almost died and pull out a woman who ended up dying in your arms. You need to stop cursing the J6ers. You need to say, what were they there for? What did they? What is both sides of the story? And stop listening to the media that's blasting out this propaganda 24-7 that somehow these people are crazy and they're racist. I mean, the guy, the guy saved a young black man at his own peril was maced. You calling you calling J6 racist people? You, you need to quit cursing and start blessing people. These men who stood there, men and women who came, it was I, I, I saw, I heard testimony. It was like a big worship service. There was thousands and thousands of people singing Christian songs and loving each other and all from all different races and all different backgrounds cheering each other on. That's what that's the atmosphere that Jan January 6th had. And that's the stuff you're not seeing by this media that is corrupt and bought out and, and creating uh, a catastrophe of uh, justice right now. You know, we also have to keep in mind that the whole basis of January 6th <clears throat> was that an election was stolen. And, you know, the uh, fake news media for a couple years now have said that is completely a false narrative and that it was a secure election. Yet today we are seeing day by day more and more proof. And there's, uh, we're at the verge of decertifications in several states. So the truth is coming out. And if that is shown to everybody that it was stolen, which I believe it, it definitely was, was yep. especially after 2,000 mules, you can't deny it. Right. But then that whole basis of even being there is justified and so you can't curse those people they happen to know and they believed earlier than maybe you did but the proof is there and it's coming out and it has been coming out and so we need to keep that in mind as well it's not that they just were unhappy with the results they believed there was a full-on coup and a takeover and it's now being uh, shown that, in fact, it was. It was true. And we, we know this because the, the 2,000 mules, which we showed at our church, by the way, and which we're going to show again in July, th that they, there were people that were going from a, a non-government organization, gain, ga gathering um, ballots and harvesting them and, going to the, and dropping them off at drop boxes, and they would go to 10 in one day. Okay, so what? who would actually be going to a place, picking up ballots and going to 10 drop boxes and dropping two or three off in one day? Now, some people say, well, it didn't really affect the, uh, the election. Okay, whether it affected the election or not, it stole three votes. It stole three people's votes. And then they did it 10 times. That's 30 votes stolen. If, I don't care if you hate Donald Trump. You should care about that. Yeah. And that is not okay. Yeah, and this is the way that we are given by our nation to have a voice by by peaceful protest. It's, it's uh, what it, what else do you do? You don't just sit home and wring your hands and go, I guess I'm just gonna let let the vote be stolen. Uh, we have a means that the our forefathers have provided, and it is gather together and uh, address 
the legislatures and say, we want this looked into. And that's basically what the January 6th was about. Um, I mean, I was I was on the verge of flying out there, but I ended yeah. up going to Sacramento instead. We were there together. Yeah, we were in, in Sacramento because we wanted to do something that said that we want our voice to be, be heard. heard. So we did it at a local capitol, at California State Capitol building. We listened to the speech by President <laughs> Trump. We were That's there. right. There was at least 2,000 people there. That's right. They played the speech over the loudspeaker yeah. while we were there to the group that was assembled. Yep. And it's interesting we were there, and I'm going to share this story quickly. We, I we went over to go to the bathroom because my, one of my friends was there with his young daughter, and they, they didn't have enough bathrooms. So we were standing in the bathroom line, and there was this man dressed in like obnoxious-looking Trump outfit, and he was screaming at the police officer. And everybody in the line is like, going, "What the heck is he? Where is this guy coming from?" And a guy walks up to me and says, "That guy is not a Trump supporter." He is here to be a provocateur for the video cameras. He is not with us. They, he is here f to create problems. And so I go, well, let's pray. Let's pray for him right now. And like five or six people <laughs> heard him say that to me. And I said, all right, so Lord, we just pray in the name of Jesus, you would silence this Come man on. over here. That he would, that he would, whatever is causing him to be agitated, it would just die out. And like literally after we got done praying, and there was like 15 people around me and they all said amen. And then like after like two <laughs> minutes later, he walked, he just got fed up and he walked away. Yeah. But it was clear there was yeah. a provocateur there to create a problem and to push a narrative. And that's what I believe. I mean, Jake didn't say anything about that, but that's what I believe happened because I've seen video of Antifa there. I've mm -hmm. seen video of people that look like they look like feds. Um, they, they showed up and then they put on Trump outfits. They put on Trump material and they, they were trying to create, it was a trap. I mean, like an ambush it's a trap. The word. It's an, an ambush. ambush. Yes, <clears throat> it was. And it was a very successful ambush. I, I really was, it's the first time I've heard the con, the contrast between the east side where they were like kumbayaing it and the west side of the West Terrace Tunnel uh, because I saw that tunnel. I've been in tight places as a firefighter. You go in and, and uh, when you, uh, it reminded me of these scenes that you see where people are trampled and they can't move forward. They can't move backwards. He saw some people down. They were stacked up four or five um, deep and that's when he went in uh, to try and rescue uh, because that was his his instinct instinct he could see people were getting hammered and he wasn't going to just stand by and watch some people die and was trying to pull out once you're in the middle of a situation like that it becomes very difficult so jake has uh he has 11 i believe 11 felonies that are being um held against him he does have a very good attorney and uh, he's not quite sure uh, whether he's going to defend himself or not just because of uh, how are you going to get a fair unbiased trial with the J6 um, unselect committee broadcasting their narrative so that everybody is hearing it. Uh, not that everybody's actually watching it. I guess they're watching golf instead. <laughs> but that, but that you know, you're, we're supposed to get unbiased um, juries of our peers. And so I don't think he could even get an unbiased uh, trial at. in Washington, D.C. It's, like it's like the Sussman trial. That was, you, yeah. got, you got biased people. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Ron. Oh no, the Sussman trial. That was an open and shut case, and not, and it was unanimous against it. And it was just like you got to be kidding. So, yeah, you, you're not going to get a honest uh, trial in D.C. Yeah, so really interesting. We we do want to just promote uh, Jake's film. So, um, although January 
six was Dinesh, uh, what, Dinesh Sousa's film. Um, his film, Jake did one, and it's 45 minutes long. You can actually watch it on Rumble, or you could go to J6 truth.org and so we just want to encourage our listeners to go see his um, he, he narrates it from jail and he put it together I don't know how how that happened but he does have a social media company that he had before he went to the J6 and got arrested so j6truth.org and watched uh, Jake Lang's uh, 45 minutes um, truth about what really happened in January 6th. Right. And if you want to watch it with somebody else, I, 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 a lot of people are out there watching videos at home by themselves, and that's good. I mean, I'm, we're investigating, we're researching, we're digital warriors. But if you want to watch it with a group of like minded people who are investigating this together and talking about it, we're going to have it shown at Convergence off in, on Capitola 41st um, Convergence Center there. We're going to show it at uh, 6 30 p.m. on July 6th, so that'll help you. Mm -hmm. On July 6th, on Wednesday, July 6th, we're going to show J6, uh, j6truth.org. Go watch it. Come watch it with us. Have a, hey, Come with your questions. Let's debate. Let's discuss. Let's have a core. You can even bring a couple people that don't agree. We, we would like to have a cordial dialogue. This is what this is about. This is what this country is about, is having cordial dialogue. So what we're having is the Freedom, the July Freedom Film Festival, and we're going to be showing J6 on uh, July 6th, and then we're going to, the next week, we're going to be showing What is a Woman? Then we're going to show Unplanned, which is the story of the woman who um, was the Texas, uh, in charge of Texas Planned Parenthood, who went, once she was asked to, asked to come do a, an abortion, she flipped Abby Johnson and said, I cannot mm -hmm. do this, this is evil. And then 2,000 Mules we're going to be showing again, because a lot of you haven't seen those. And what we're going to encourage you to do is bring a friend, come bring a friend, um, come get to know other patriots, come watch the films with us, come discuss them in a cordial manner, interact with people that may not agree or disagree, you know, may agree or disagree with you, and just let's have a dialogue. How, this is how we grow as people, as we talk to people who disagree with us and we lovingly treat them lovingly and graciously. And so that's coming up. That's going to be the July um, Freedom Film Festival. At Those are all Wednesdays, all is that Wednesdays. right? And the Convergence Building is the old Takara um, Japanese sushi place in the 41st Mall. It's at 3775 Capitola Road. And so what time are we going to do that? 6.30 p.m. each all night. Right. And, uh, you know, if you want to know any more about Convergence, you can go to our website, um, Convergence, uh, SantaCruzConvergence.com. Um, and I think it's also .org. But um, just learn about what God is doing there. There are three different churches that meet there. There's a pro program called Aruka Project that was birthed out of there that's helping women come out of sex trafficking. So it's a, it's a really great place um, for and God is moving there in the churches. God is moving in the thinkers and the high-level thinking that's going on there and the patriots that are uh, amassing there. And, Ron, we'll be able to get that on our website. Is that right? What's our website? Yep. Uh, it's wakethebearradio.com, and we'll have all those links, uh, all of Jake's links as well, uh, j6truth.org, all of those, and then uh, this film festival. We'll have the details in that uh, show notes as well. Hey, let's, uh, let's take a few moments to praise the Lord and thank Him in prayer. we got like two minutes left, and I want to just thank the Lord for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, it just blows my mind. Um, I was born in 1972. That 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 was done in 1973, and uh, tell you tells you my age. But I mean, I just you know I think, well, gosh, I know my. I even have a brother who we adopted in my family because mm -hmm. my mom couldn't have a kid, wow. and the mother was was at some point 
um, told that she should abort him. And now he, now she didn't, and he came to live with us, and he's, a, he's my brother. I love him to death, and he has uh, two kids of his own. And, I, you know, it's a, there's so many stories like that. So, um, you know, the abortion is not the only answer, even though the, the, there's some people that will tell you that. There's yeah, the and as we have, um, I'm just going to start praying. Father, we just thank you. We mm. thank you for the overturning. Mm of uh, Roe versus Wade. Yes, and we ask that you, yes. you cover the earth with your peace, mm -hmm. that you um, show people the heart of the Father in this ruling, and that uh, you, you keep violence from breaking out. You mm -hmm. keep those that are desiring um, death, death agendas and death structures. And uh, we just ask that you keep them quiet and that you give them peace too and we just ask that um that that you raise up mothers and fathers because in nine months there's a very good possibility that there will be more children in this earth and we ask that you make way for for little ones in the homes and that you expand the hearts of family members of mothers and fathers to make make way for these little ones that are going to be born and lord i thank you for men and women who have already come forward and um, who have been doing um, foster care and adoption. And I just think of a family in my church that has blessed them. There's one family in our church that, that, that did foster care for 21 kids and adopted four of them themselves. And uh, Lord, I thank you for godly men and women out there who are willing to, to, to do that and to step in. And we ask for more of that, Lord, that you would care for mothers and the PRC, the P Pregnancy Resource Center, and these other groups that are doing the hard work of caring for people in crisis. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you would just continue to save lives. We thank you um, for tonight, Lord, and we ask you bless Wake the Bear Radio and that it would be used to free people up and to see people wake up. God bless you all for being a part of this tonight, and uh, we'll be here next week, and we look forward to talking to you soon.